I've been here four months, right? Um, and in those four months, I've learned so much from Bob, like just just from observing him and, you know, from the stuff that he said to me. But I have to say, like, the most important thing he said to me at NCs or before NCs was this is not a European morning. You know, you have to go out fast in the morning. You have to think of it. And, and what he said was you have to think of it as a final, right? Because technically, if you think about it, 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 it really is your final, right? If you don't make it, you're not going to score points. If you don't make the A final, you're not going to score as many points as you want. Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We have a full, full crew today. Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and all of the dudes from NCAAs. In the blue corner, the angel, Gabriel Jet, three-time finalist at NCAAs. Thanks for joining us, Gabriel. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I'm going to bestow nicknames upon you guys, too, and see if they stick. Uh, in the red and gold corner, I don't know. What colors are you guys? I don't know what it is. Um, from Arizona State, uh, two-time NCAA finalist, the European champion in the 200 IM, Hubert, because I said so, coach. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's great to be here. And uh, representing IU, two-time NCAA champion, Hunter Backstroke champion this year. Brendan, how about you side, Burns? <laughs> Thank you for having me on. I don't even know if you guys get any of those references, but oh, we're going to see if some nicknames stick. Um, I had some intro rapid-fire questions for you guys, some lighthearted stuff to get started. So, uh, Brendan, for you, question, how long can you hold your breath? Honestly, not as long as you might imagine. It's really kind of a, a fight or flight reaction for me. So if, if I just was, was told to like sit on the bottom of the pool and hold my breath, I don't think I could make it past minute 30, honestly. So I think there are some other people out there that could definitely do a lot more than me. Wow, that is quite surprising. I expected you to say longer than minute 30. Sorry, All right. uh, hey, no disappointment. <laughs> just, uh, you know, is what it is. All right, uh, Gabriel, what's the fastest speed you've ever traveled in a car, driving or sitting in one? Uh, let's see. One time, don't tell him this, but I drove Dave Durden's car, uh, his, his, his Tesla, and I went, uh, let's say, triple digits, but don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> sure, okay, we're going to clip that and send it to him. Yeah, um, <laughs> now I'm in trouble. All right, Hubie, if you were to have to do a swim-off, we saw a couple tough swim-offs at NCs this year. If you had to do a swim-off, what's the worst event that you'd have to do a swim-off in? Oh, 4 a.m. by far, like for sure. Definitely the 4 a.m. I see a lot of agreement here. I th What was the one that we watched? There was a two-fly two swim-off, wasn't there? Two-fly. Yeah, two-fly uh, gal from uh, – Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, that, that looks really rough. Miles him off would be, I guess there's no prelim finals, so that wouldn't happen. Sorry. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't even bother swimming a mile anyway, so it's probably the four. <laughs> well, at that point, it doesn't matter what time you go. So for the mile, you just cruise the first 14.50 and it's a sprint 50 to the end. Done. Yeah. Whoever wins. <laughs> Easy. All right. So to, to kick it off, we're going to, this is going to be a lot of random topics on the show. I just want to talk about college swimming, about swimming in general. Um, but, you know, coming off of NC's, a lot of things happened this year that were different for NCAAs. Um, a lot of history where NCAAs was held at Minnesota. Um, you know, Cal coming back and winning a title. Uh, Gabriel, your your first experience doing that. Um, 
wait no you're second now and you guys trade so much with texas it's hard to keep up geez (laughs) and then um but speaking of trading off with texas having them not in the number two spot with asu coming up and challenging um you know following up on a great pac-12 performance and then really showing what that team could do hubie at, at nc's was big and then brendan your team getting a trophy with iu showing up really big at nc's you repeating as an ncaa champion but in a different event um so a, a lot of action there first uh to gabriel i kind of want to ask each of you guys this um, a highlight and a low light of NCAAs. Let's start there. Gabriel, what, what's your highlight and low light from men's NCs? Oh, man. There's just so much. Um, I'd say personally for me, my highlight was the tuner fly prelims. Um, that it kind of came down to the last day, the team, the team chase. It was us, ASU, Texas, Florida, Indiana. It's NC State. It's like everybody was within a small margin of points coming down to the last day, but uh, Daria Rose and I were in the same heat right next to each other in the two fly last heat. And we got the top two seeds and that just kind of like, I don't know, it, it, it felt like it, it flipped the, flipped the script for us. It kind of like kind of sealed the deal. That was just, it was, it was a really cool feeling. Um, you know, the guys got the better of me uh, in the finals, but that meet is one in the morning. So it just felt so good to bring the energy and like get, get those top two spots for the two fly. Mm-hmm. um low light while you think of it it actually it felt that way watching that too by the way yeah. like that that yeah. moment you could tell in the stands was like okay th- that really kind of seemed to cement it even though you guys had to perform yeah. at night too but yeah yeah it was it was it was a really cool moment and especially like with dari he's just he's the best training partner we do butterfly all year long like with one goal in mind and it's a finaling at the end of the year and we we did our job I'd say low light, low light for, for me as well. I, I had a good split. I was on the medley relay, um, which I didn't expect to be on, but um, Dave made the decision last moment to put me on instead of Dari. Split 44-4, not bad for a 200, 200 guy. And we went 3-0 and got fifth place. <laughs> we went a time that would have won the relay last year and we got fifth place. It's just, it's crazy how fast the meet was this year. And I mean, props to all the other teams, of course. I mean, we, we got beat by ASU, who had the fastest breaststroke split in history on their relay. It's like you can't really complain when you're getting fifth place to some of the fastest relays in history. So That is crazy. What a, what an insanely fast meet. Hubie, your first experience going through this uh, meet and, and all individual swims, not yet on any of the ASU relays, but uh, what, what was your highlight and low light from men's NCs? Um, I think I have two highlights and I don't really know if I have any lowlights because it's oh, just yeah. such a new experience to me. You know, I never yeah. even watched it, you know, um, uh, previously. So going into that, I really, I knew what to expect because of course, everybody told me that it's, you know, it's the morning swim that counts there and you have to be really, really fast in the morning. So that's why um, I'm going to have to say the 4am um, prelim was one of my better swims there. And I think I uh, swam a better time in the morning there than the afternoon. Because I really, really went for that, um, and to race Carson Foster like that in the morning was pretty, pretty cool to do. Um, and then the second highlight that I'd like to say was the two backstroke final um, to swim that um, event with um, Destin and Hugo, like two of the best, you know, swimmers in the NCAA's, was really incredible to do. Um, and to come third behind them was was really, really a good, good experience for me. Um, and then you know the two I am 
morning or the prelim swim was kind of tough to do. You know, it's first event. Um, hard to swim in the morning for me. Hard to swim in in the first event for me being a European. You know, Hungarian is kind of we kind of chill um, every prelim swim, but had to had to try hard in that. And you know, I didn't make the A final there, but I think um, I had to get that out of the way to to go for it. In the Mm -hmm. nice all right brendan highlight and low light i think the low light was definitely my prelims hunter fly um i was in the second heat or something just because my my seat time was from i think our mid-season meet which we didn't really rest for and <clears throat> i would think i was 10th out of prelims after getting ninth last year and obviously mm -hmm. you know going into the meet i wanted to make 3a finals and not making it it was definitely kind of a tough pill to swallow. Um, but, you know, at night I was still able to get up and move up a spot and get ninth uh, for the second year in a row, which was good. And then highlights, honestly, we had so many. I think personally, obviously the hunter back was a highlight, but I think um, there, there are two that really resonate with me that aren't necessarily about me, but it was definitely about the team. The first one is man myth legend Van Mathias having... <laughs> <laughs> one of the best send-off meets probably ever um just coming out of nowhere the things he did this year his attitude this entire year just to see that all culminate in his best ncas ever by a mile was was so awesome and then the other highlight i think was our diving because this is the swimming and diving championships um we are we are separate teams but you know it, it, to have those guys, to have those elite guys go out there and do the things that they do, specifically that that three meter final where they went one, three, four, and then to watch Carson win our first ever platform diving title was just so much fun to watch, um, and it really energized our team. Man, going with diving there. This is Purdue swimming actually outscored diving this year with one point. That's breaking my heart that you're going that way. <laughs> But one of the main things that I think caught everyone's attention at end season, since none of you were involved in it, was the 50 free hold. What were your guys' thoughts maybe looking back at it now on the 50 free hold? Um, I think everyone's in agreement they should kind of hold them, you know, pull them up when they're holding them for that long. But in that situation, any other things you think officials or people should do during, you know, incorrect calls? Gabe, what are your thoughts? I don't know. I, I don't really have – an opinion on it. I just remember being in the warm down pool and just waiting for the start. And it felt like five minutes they held him down there, but it was just like a, a, just a titch longer than normal. And I knew that whole heat was just going to be slower just because of that start. Like it, you could just hear everyone go, Ooh, like when they finally mm -hmm. set him off. So, yeah. Movie, what about you? Any uh, thoughts on that or any other calls? At the yeah. Meet? So for me, um, I'm used to going like straight away because in European meets, world championship meets, they're trying to like send them off as fast as possible. And here, like I felt, especially at PAX as well, that um, the starts were slower or, or we were being held down a bit slower than or a bit more than than usual. So um, it was kind of just like a different experience. For, like I didn't really know why they were doing it. I thought this was like a normal thing at NCAA. So um but then afterwards, you know, I I I heard about um, the fifty free, and everybody was like, "That shouldn't have happened." So I was, I didn't really, I don't really have any input to put on that. But it, it kind of sucks that those guys had to go through that. Brennan, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't really know if I have a unique perspective on it. Definitely something really strange, definitely controversial. Um, especially, I think it's funny, kind of the duality five years ago at this pool, watching Dressel, some of the fastest 50 free ever, and then to have almost as exciting 50 free a couple of years later, but for a different reason. Um, just thought, I don't know, I thought it was interesting. Mm. Hubie, I got a question for you. You mentioned the European difference. How did you find NC's overall? What, was, how, what did you really enjoy about it besides the energy and the team's camaraderie? In terms of the meet format, you know, the order of events, um, the emphasis on morning swims, the role of diving with bricks, which is very different to Europe. What what was something that really was a difference for you? Took a lot to get used to, and maybe you liked. So, well, obviously the biggest difference is the morning swims. Um, having to swim so fast in the morning because it's it's literally about just you can win or lose um, your whole event in the morning, right? You have to put yourself up into the A final, otherwise you're going to fall either into the B or you might not even make it at, at all. Um, and the margins are so small um, that I've really never experienced anything like that. Like, especially not just in Europe, because Europe, obviously, it's a bit slower in the morning. People, you know, kind of know each other, know what they're going to swim, know um, what the cutoff is really to make to make a final. But especially in Hungary, I grew up kind of not even like not saying not even trying to swim fast in the morning it was always a, um about just you know knowing that i can swim 10 seconds slower in the four i am to make the final and just going 10 seconds slower and i could like like make the the top two top two times there in the morning going into nc's after growing up like that it just it made it so difficult for me to wrap my head around it um, and I kind of needed that, you know, you know, the first day, um, the two I am to to fall out of the A final and kind of realize how severe, um, you know, it is to to make it. Um, I needed that experience to wrap my head around it and, and focus up for the next two days. And I think the day after that, in the four I am, I really um, did well in the morning, and that was the first time I really felt that. Um, I had a good morning swim. Like I, I don't think I've ever had a really good morning swim in my life, and that was probably the first one. So that's um, one of the main things I think was different about it, and I, I enjoyed that part of it as well because you know it's it's going to help me at um, ma major competitions now for the rest of my life. Yeah, totally. Uh, Gabriel, what about the event order? Uh, we always talk about by the last day in the afternoon you just don't have the gas you had on the very first day and sometimes the times aren't as fast as expected and it's just more about racing do you have any opinion or maybe an idea of the event order being different that might you know that'll change the whole team dynamic you know you have a strong day the totally. last day or go fast on the first day what's your view on event order yeah i i this is something i always think about since i swim i swim a a, a large variety of events and yeah. my my quote my event the two flies just always like brendan knows it's always on the last day you're always yep. gassed you've already swum multiple relays <laughs> yeah you, you know multiple Sword. relays multiple individuals i mean for me i yep. had done uh, a 200 on the relay two 500s two 200s 100 fly and two free prelims or two fly prelims by the time my two fly comes around it's like I, you always wonder or i'm thinking about um the, the guy i think about all the time is justin uh lasco yep. he swims on literally every relay for us and his event is the two back which is the last day and somehow he gets up and wins it every time he's he's actually insane um but it makes me think like what if what if he could do a two back on day one or you know or what if how slow the 53 would be if it was on the last day or if it would be faster if we could change the relays around i, I always wonder 
I think the the lineup is good right now. I don't know. Maybe I'd for me like switch the two free and two fly. Do the two free on the last day. Huh. Do the two fly in the middle day. Maybe something like that. I don't know. Yeah, John and I had this conversation during men's too because it always seemed like the um, the day three records. I, it's not fair to call the records soft, but like yeah. I don't know. You made the uh, the the Dressel comment, um, Brendan, and like, you know, everybody knew that year that he went thirty nine. It was like a foregone conclusion he's going to go thirty nine, and then he barely got it. And then honestly, like, he'd be the same thing. Everybody was talking about Leon going, you know, one forty six low, and I mean, like, he went fast, right? But he and obviously like he caught a little cold or whatever and you could tell day three or day four he was um you know under the weather a bit but still it's like trying to show up that last session and swim fast like swimming is definitely robbed of like seeing the best possible performance in those events and i would love to see what people could go in a in a in a hunter free you know straight up and i think actually once the eight free relay moved to wednesday which you guys have all experienced but like it used to be that it was at the end of day two it was a three-day meet and the eight free was at the end of the session on day two after wasn't the it, individual 200 free wasn't it prelims finals too uh the eight free was not but all the rest okay. of the relays were prelim final so okay. like you had so yeah. many more swims and i remember like my senior year doing the hunter back final and then turning around and then doing the eight free relay and my legs were just toasted you know yeah. it was just like oh man so you get so much but that's why like we get the best quality swimming in the 200 free in that 800 free relay you ne- totally. almost never see somebody repeat it so yeah. i don't know i think i think that idea of changing the event order would be cool brendan do you think that'd be cool to, to like change it up every year i think it would absolutely be cool um and then that, that actually you you bring up the a free relay uh kind of or something has anyone ever actually broken 130 while winning the 200 free I think Townley it, did it. I think did I think so. Townley I don't did, know for yeah. sure. Townley but, did. Okay, but no one yeah. else has. But there have been what four guys now that have done it, leading off day free relay. Yeah, yeah, and most most of them have been leading off the relay. But I I think Townley is the anomaly. But yeah, yeah, and, you know, Gabriel, you know about this, like turning it around from a free relay to five free to two free. It's almost yep. like the kiss of death, where it's just so hard to come it back is. to that two free on that middle day. Yeah, it's like you're waiting for your for your last event because it's like your better event but by the time it comes around you're like i've, I've swum so much <laughs> my, my legs are dead my arms are dead i can't breathe it's like yeah it, it'd be fun to do i i want to see what brendan and i can go in a fresh two fly that'd be yeah i i really fast. do i remember yeah. that last day and nc's just walking into finals and i'm like oh crap i just have nothing left i'm just yeah. absolutely like i just need to get through that first 150 and hold on um yeah and like no also, one no wonder aiden won it he did a 100 fly before and that's it <laughs> <laughs> you know like <laughs> no diss to him no diss to him but he didn't do you know the same look yeah <laughs> sure what then, how many how many uppers are you taking on that day day four like the final prelim session how many cups of coffee are you hitting before that <laughs> Oh man, so much caffeine. <laughs> yeah, we did some we did some caffeine pills. Uh, yeah. I forget how many milligrams, but it was several. Too much. So, um, <laughs> and then selfishly for me, you know, I do the two fly two back double at Big Tens, which you know, kind of going back to what Hubert Hubie talked about. Um, I can, you know, I can't cruise. I can't absolutely bomb prelims, but I can definitely hold something off for the final and. 
that's why I definitely can't do it at NCAAs because I'd have to go all out and I would just have nothing left. But selfishly, I, I mean, I'd love to do uh, a fresh two back on, on the first day or fresh two fly or something. Um, that's something that's been in the back of my mind for a couple of years now. One thing they also used to do was every four years they had short course meters instead of short course yards. Hubi, what do you think of that idea of having short course meters again at NCs? Oh, so this so this is pretty interesting. So um, before I came here, right, I came in uh, December. So I started training here in December. Um, and like a month before that, I was swimming in the um, World Cup series um, and also in my short course nationals. So I was racing like I think I had four or five races of short course meters before I came to swim in yards. Um, and when I jumped into the yards pool after the short course meters pool, I was like, what what is happening here you know why why is there an extra two or like two uh strokes less that i have to do here on fly and like it was so weird um adjusting to meters after or adjusting to yards after short course meters because you know from 50 meters to short course yards it's not even bad because it's like completely different but when when it seems like it's similar but it's it's just not it makes it super super tough so i think that would make for some pretty interesting races if um if that would happen but I would not enjoy it. I don't think. Dude, I swam in a twenty-two. I swam in a twenty-two yard pool the other day. It was the weirdest thing ever. And I'm like repping fifties, going times that I'm like, man, I, I'm doing stuff that I could do when I was racing. Like, what? This can't be right. This yeah. can't be right. <laughs> I, I, I swam in a thirty-three meter pool um, once in my life, and that was very interesting. You know, three three laps for a hundred. That's yeah. that's kind of weird to do. But hopefully, they don't make any any uh, rash decisions to to put the NCAs in 33-meter pool. So very <laughs> good for that. But don't you think having short course meters and having people pop world records might gain even more attention, especially internationally? I mean, that would be like the positive of it, right? We would have um, people swimming actual like comparative times to to meters and to, to actual like main competitions, like short course worlds, you know, short course European, stuff like that. So we could... In, in that sense, it would be really good because we can compare it. But um, yards is like this own kind of little little world that 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 we swim in, in in the NCA. So that's I mean, it makes it unique, but it also takes away from the fact that we can't really compare it to anything. Yeah, I will I say, take... I, I will say we had um we have a bunch of people commenting on our videos that we made during NCAA's confused about what the mm -hmm. times mean because they'd see a time <laughs> oh, yeah. and they'd be like, what is one thirty six? Yeah. Is, so is this the world record? Exactly. And, and, and like, 137 in the 200 back. What does what does that even mean? You know, like yeah, I, yeah. I, when the first time I came here, I was like, so so what's a good time? You know what? I, I think I saw the 4:43 in the four. I was like, well, that's or, or 3:43. Sorry, I was like, is that is that good? You know, what, what, what kind of what does that mean? What, what is that in meters? You know, but um, I kind of think it's it's cool to swim times that are like it, they seem really fast compared to meters because that means that like internally you know i kind of feel like i was going really fast um so i it's cool in that sense but it's it was very hard to and i still haven't adjusted to it you know completely but it's it's i'm kind of getting there i'm kind of gonna getting a, a feel for it as well do you think that would help attract more um, Australians, Europeans, Japanese, Chinese to the NCAA system because they, they hear the legend how it's so fast and it's the greatest meet in, in the world. But like the Grand Canyon, you have no idea what it's like until you're there, right? It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. 
But if you see saw times dropping in meters and you know, the uh, young Aussie high schooler says, holy crap, somebody just went that time and understands it. Do you think that would help more Europeans, Aussies, Chinese, Japanese come? I think I think it would, honestly, because um, I'm, I'm thinking about my own, you know, experiences back in Hungary. We we don't really understand yards at all. So we see a yard time and we're like, okay can they do it in 50 meters you know we don't really understand what it means so to see um people swimming it in um short course meters where we would actually be able to understand what that actually meant you know it might um it might sort of raise um mm-hmm. a higher sort of um i don't even know people would just people would just uh, look at it more you know um and i think if people saw that we were going really really good times in short course meters they kind of say you know what they're doing really well over there why don't i test my luck uh, as well yeah. so um that's that's what i would that's what i would say okay. um and you all have um you know foreign stars on your teams all of you guys you know you uh, you got a spanish you've got uh, um, uh, um you know a guy from tunisia you know a brendan you know and that's of course coming you got studs coming and they come but because they come because of the program and because of word of mouth i'm guessing uh I want to switch gears to the events a little bit. I was just doing some research at the Olympics, and I didn't realize the Olympics had tons of events that they no longer have. You know, um, these are the 50-yard freestyle Olympics, the 100-yard freestyle, the 100-meter for sailing, for sailors. They had crazy stuff. Like, the, they had 400 breaststroke. Um, why doesn't the NCAAs have some more events that are aligned to World Championships or World Cups, such as the 100 IMs or the 50 strokes? And... You know, without uh, not with the sacrifice of another event, because we don't want to take away another event. But why don't you think they have some more alignment to those popular meets and schedules? Uh, I'll go for it. Um, yeah. So they, I think they have the four by fifty relay NCs as well, which they don't have at the Olympics. So that was I was I was I didn't really understand why they had that, but then not the fifty breaststrokes or, mm. or 50, fifty fly or something like that. You know, um, I think. Like what I would say is they they kind of try to align it more with the Olympics in the sense that they don't have the fifties of each stroke because the Olympics doesn't have the fifty of each stroke or the um, the hundred IM so they don't have that obviously you can't really swim it in a fifty meter pool but um, I thought personally that they tried to align it with the Olympics more because obviously worlds have these events more but I'm I'm not sure what you guys think. Brendan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is obviously a debate with, you know, events being in certain meets versus not. It's been going on for a long time. And I actually, I don't know how involved you guys are in track at all, but I was wondering, do you think track has this issue? Because, you know, they Mm -hmm. kind of have what's, from an outsider's perspective, what seems like a pretty uniform event system where I think swimming is kind of the only sport where we're kind of bickering back and forth over what are real events and what aren't real events. Um, do you know if they have a universal uh, outdoor track kind of set list? I don't know if the NCAA event order for track is the same. Um, that's a really good point, actually. The format is it's just so Americanized and, and track, like, you know, they didn't do it that way. And honestly, like a sport like baseball is kind of in between where you know if you're watching a game uh, we used to be the expos but now you just have the blue jays but like their their field is shown in meters and everybody else every other field is 400 feet straight away center and like this one is 
whatever meters that is 130 meters um so yeah i don't know but actually you bring up track and i think the interesting thing that i find about track is the point scoring is so different and like yeah because um i was just looking at this actually the uh florida and texas went one two and both men and women track and field outdoor last year but the winning score in the men's meet was 54 points for first and then it was like 38 for second and in the women's meet it was 74 points for the win and like 64 for second so you have like a much smaller group of athletes per school that are scoring and it seems like i mean you still have blue bloods programs that are that are like expected to do well and and perform well but they're dependent on much like fewer athletes whereas when you come to a meet like ncaa's and swimming your point total is 10 times that almost i mean or close eight times right like i mean it's we're in the 400s mid 400s usually for scoring something like that um you know into into the 300s for through fifth place or or like high 200s that's a lot of points and it's a lot of people involved and then you end up with like these kinds of things where um you know you have a lot of depth per team but you you know going in who's going to be in that top five (laughs) like like we know that we know coming in that like cow Cal's not going to get worse than, you know, third or something if they have terrible meat kind of thing. ASU, you know, similar. It's like teams, teams like you guys are on that have so many people like you. There's no chance you were going to be out of the top 10. I mean, period. And like, I think there's other sports that I find more interesting just because to watch from the team race, because, you know, there's chances for these other teams to come in if they have like one or two people, like we just finished the basketball tournament. You had that happen in basketball where there's like all these surprise schools come in and they're, and it's cause they've got like one, two or three people that get hot. And then, you know, all of these bases have a chance, you know? Yeah. So pretty crazy. But. Yeah. I had to get that one in there. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Track is also interesting about how they compete. Um, you know, the whole idea of the top two qualifying and then the overall next two qualifiers go. So it's not the top eight times make the final. It's a top two per heat. So you're about racing. And it's definitely an event where you're not racing your lane. You're racing your people all always, right? They're always shutting down. You know, they're always paying attention to like, you know, you can win a gold medal in a super slow time because you're just a strategy race and waiting for that rabbit to kick in, waiting for, for, for Gabriel you to kick in at last 50s. I'm holding back for you. Um, so what do you think about the whole, um, idea of, you know, you mentioned how hard and it is to qualify to the finals of the NCs. I wonder if track has that same, is this top eight makes the finals of the, of the NCs? Is that a good thing? Should you, do you guys miss the racing aspect of it? Or do you only race in NC in the relays? When, when do you see yourself swimming out of your lane and racing the guy next to you and taking him down? And what, which races do you guys see yourself doing that in? I feel like it's almost like the morning you want to put up a good time and the night yeah. is just about racing the guy next to you. Cause I mean, like Hubie said, it's like the, the meets one in the morning, the points matter if you're in the a final over, if you win the B final, if you win the B final, it's less points than losing the a final. So mm-hmm. it's like in the morning you want to be, I, at least personally, like I want to, I want to be in a vacuum. I want to be swimming a really good time to compete with other people that I might not even be racing, you know, right. circle seated heats, all that stuff. I'm see I'm, I'm not going to be, in a heat with people that I'm racing and then you get to the final and it's like, just get your hand on the wall because the time doesn't really matter. Are any of you guys the type of swimmers who look around or, or you stay in your lane kind of swimmers? 
I swim with my eyes uh, closed. <laughs> so I used to do this a lot, actually. Um, and as I've grown up, I've kind of moved away from looking around. You know, I'm especially in the IMs. It's it's very bad idea to look around in the first fifty. You know, in, in the butterfly and to see where people are because that's that's kind of what I did at the Olympics. I saw um, Duncan Scott next to me in the fly, and I came from Hungary. You know, I was always faster than everybody in the fly, and I saw him next to me in the fly. I was like, what? So I'm obviously going very slow if he's right next to me, you know, and I saw a world record pace on in the first 50 and kind of died at the end. But um, after that experience, I've kind of learned to focus on myself. And then maybe in the last 50 where it's freestyle, it's just kind of the home stretch. You look around to see where people are. And, and that's when you kind of race people. Um, and that's and NCs, I think it's even more um, beneficial to you to just focus on yourself because you never know what the next heat is going to swim in the morning. Um, but then in the final, obviously, it's it's good to look around, you know, at the end to see where to see where people are and to to draw on that energy. Kind of if somebody's if somebody's ahead mm -hmm. of you, you can you can kind of race them down to the end. Brendan, did you see Aiden in that? And if so, when did you see him and how did you react in that two fly? It's funny. Gabriel and I talked about this after our race. We never saw him at all. Yeah, we were I, watching I, each other the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking out for for you. I was looking out for uh, Dare. But I, I just couldn't see over in lane six. Um, Aiden was in lane two or three. Yeah, yeah two. Um, I, I just I got to that last wall. I'm like, okay, just you know, give it all you got. That last 25, um, really, really, really hurt. But got my hand on the wall, um, and then looked up the board. I thought Gabriel had gotten me, but then I looked up. I saw Aiden, and I was like, oh, well, okay. There's a surprise, but you know just the way it goes um when you when you try and put those blinders on i think he actually said he tried to put those blinders on and just mm -hmm. get your hand on the wall first and it was a it was a great race and it worked out for him gabe any other like big surprises swims of the meet stand out for you or maybe like uh like a, a mid-major somewhere you're like god where'd this guy come from that comes to mind when it's like the, the shocker of the meet yeah, one, I mean, I, I raced this guy a lot, and I saw him beat our team a lot. The um, can't believe I'm forgetting his name because it's so memorable. Maguire McDuff from Florida. That kid came out of nowhere this year, and he was on all of their relays. He, I, We both let off our eight free relay on day one, and I was like, who is this six-foot-eight giant sophomore kid who I've never raced before? And he's taken out a two-free with me. I think he was 131 there um, from a flat start, which is – crazy because i think i looked back at his times and he was maybe 133 or something last year um that that kid impressed me. florida just in general impressed me with their depth they just showed up day after day and just they impressed they were they were really impressive can't forget that name yeah cool that's name. an all-time swimming name yeah actually i remember being at us open i think it was the us open some some long course meet last year and I, there was a mcguire was in a heat with this dude named diggory dillingham and i remember joking around about like the uh, it was like a name off between mcguire yeah. mcduff and diggory dillingham who had the best name uh yeah what other uh, what other surprise performances came out uh what what shocked you guys brendan what about you um, I talked about Van, just kind of how yeah. awesome it was to see that uh, culmination of, of a great year and a great career for him. Um, you, you mentioned mid-majors and the South African guy from Southern Illinois who won the Baxter B finals, Ruard Van Rienen, super duper impressive as a freshman. 
kind of unheralded recruiting process. And then he goes some of the fastest times in the NCAA for the backstrokes. That was just a really awesome performance for him. Definitely. I don't, I really am unfamiliar with the, the swimming history of Southern Illinois, but I got to imagine that's got to be one of their best performances in a, a long time. Um, you each just coached by some very well-known coaches, uh, legends, lots of experience, all of them uh, very well accomplished, obviously. Um, can I'm going to ask each of you, was there was that one piece of, of advice that was different at this meet that maybe may affected you? you know, like, Gabriel, did Dave tell you something that, oh, you know, so that to me before, that, that affected me? Or, you know, did Ray say something to you, Brendan? I'd love to know a little insights that they told you on deck or in uh, at the hotel room. Gabe, take it out like you have my Tesla. That's got to be something Dave said, right? <laughs> He's going to kill me. Um, uh, well, yeah, one thing Dave always, he, he stresses this to our team at, at big meets, and it's just something that I, I always think about because it helps me, and it's swim at your level. It's this thing that Dave just always tells us. We don't, to, to have the performances that we need, we don't need to exceed, like, our our level. We don't have to swim these crazy times. We don't have to swim under right if we do what we know how to do and we swim at our level we'll be good and it's something like i just i just thought about race after race i i didn't have any performance that was really far beyond what i knew i was capable of my five free i was right at 410 which is like a little slower than i went at pack 12s but it was enough to get me into the a final two free i dropped a couple seconds but that's because i knew i had been at a 130 131 level for a while i just hadn't gotten to show it and i just kind of did what i knew what i had to do same thing with the two fly, just two 139s in a row. It's nothing crazy, but it, like it, it does the job just swimming at your level. And it really helps out a meet like NCs where the numbers matter than the crazy big performances one time. I mean, Cal didn't win a single event other than Destin Subak. We, that was the only event we won. Um, we got second and third over and over and over. Me personally, I got second and third over and over and over. But we won the, the overall just because we swam at our level. So... Yubi, did Bob say uh, any for, magic? So for me, um, I've been here four months, right? Um, and in those four months, I've learned so much from Bob, like just, just from observing him and, you know, from the stuff that he said to me. But I have to say, like, the most important thing he said to me at NCs or before NCs was, this is not a European morning, you know, you have to go out fast in the morning, you have to think of it. And, and what he said was, you have to think of it as a final, right? Because technically, if you think about it, 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 it really is your final, right? If you don't make it, you're not going to score points. If you don't make the A final, you're not going to score as many points as you want. So um, the fact that he said that to me and the fact that he said uh, swim it like your final was very key in how I approached the competition and how I approached the, those morning swims. Um, I every time i got out of bed i was like okay so now it's the afternoon i have to think of this as it's like as it's a as it's a final um and going into those mornings i really um changed my mentality towards um having it as as if i was swimming you know a world championship final or something like that so that was that was really one of the key things he said to me so hubie did he say that to you before or after the 2im prelim um before it before i knew what i was going into but so I had the advice. I just didn't have the experience yet, you know, and then the two together after yeah. the two I am, um, those combined helped me go into that four I am in, in the second morning. 
And Brendan Ree, did Ree say anything to you before you two fly or any, you know, you heard him talk to an athlete? They're like, wow, that's wisdom, man. Yeah, right. You know, Ray's a goofy guy. Uh, he has a funny saying that each pool we go to or each big meet we go to is like, this pool is fast if you be aggressive and get out in front. And it's funny because we've yet to encounter a pool where if you're behind, it's really fast. So <laughs> he says he says that before every team meeting. Or it's a fast pool if you meeting. win. What's that? It's a fast pool if you win. Yeah. So, you know, we, we got that going for us. But he, he just said, you know, always give it your best and remember who you're fighting for. And it's, yeah, just no, nothing other than that kind of funny saying. One takeaway about Ray, it was like how tall that guy is. I didn't realize that he's like a big guy. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I'm six four. Like I'm a, I'm a I'm a tall guy with like a sprinter build. And I I saw I saw Ray at the meet, and I was just like, man, I always forget that he's like a big dude. Yeah, I mean, he was he was the guy back in the day, so he's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's bring in a rivalry here. You guys were fighting for points to for nail every day. Uh, how much were you paying attention to the other teams? Like, damn, ASU is legit. They're really living up to the height. Here, here they come. Or, you know, Indiana, they see they're starting to win. What the hell's going on? How much do you guys start to, like, among yourselves or your coaches, just start to, like, get you pumped up because you don't want those stun devils taking you down, you know, what have you? Talk about that a bit. Anything? Come on. Um, so I'll, I'll go. Um... Yeah especially so this was a PAX uh, going into PAX that was my first ever points meet or or this you know or no it wasn't really my first ever points meet because I went to dual meets but I don't really understand how the points work still or now I kind of have a, a grasp for it but going into PAX I had zero clue what was going on um especially after the second day everybody was happy so we were like 100 points up I, I had no idea honestly I couldn't tell you how that happened and or or what you know what i did to get points or or you know stuff like that and at ncas i think it was just the same thing i yeah. was just too new to the whole um competition to know what was what was happening around me so i don't really know if i was looking at other teams like obviously we were like we were looking at cal a lot like these guys yeah. had really really good swimmers and they were in every single a final you could see you know they they got people up to the a finals and we were like Okay, so they're gonna be, they're gonna be really, really good, and they're gonna be there in the afternoon no matter what we do. But other than that, I didn't really pay much attention to it because I didn't really know what was happening. It's the opposite of golf. Whoever scores the most points wins. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I I wonder actually if that would be good to change the the point scoring in some in some way. Like ISL, that's what I thought was so cool about ISL is you had some other like different ways to score points, but it was so hard to keep track of. And you mentioned someone in the World Cup, he'd be like watching the World Cups in the fall, trying to figure out how the hell the point scoring works and like what Dylan needs to go to win the World Cup in the last meet. It was like nobody had a clue. <laughs> yeah, something to do with like FINA points and then placement points, you know, stuff like that, but. Yeah, it's 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 always hard to keep track of these points. You know, it's not as simple as golf. You know, if you shoot three right. instead of a four, then you go minus one. You know, there you go. It's not like that yet. But Gabriel, how do you guys get to where you were after you got you guys got spanked at Pac twelves by ASU, yes. and then you came we back did. and 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 you know you kept it together and and you know you came through. How did that affect you? What was your mindset as a team? 
you know, where are you guys at? Yeah, it's uh, it's really, I'll say it's really fun to get beat all year long by ASU, just over and over and over. <laughs> and just like, we just kind of hold out for the end of the year because we're like, okay, like we're staying, we're just staying working. Like, it, I mean, props to ASU. They just look so good all year. And then they backed it up. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that performance at NC's was, was insane. I mean, uh, our, our whole team just like, and, and Dave as well, just tries to like do this thing where we stay on our process. It's just all about the process. So like mm-hmm. something like Pac-12s where we kind of went into it wanting to compete. I mean, we, we, we never want to lose the conference title um, if we can help it. Um, but by the time day three, day four came around and ASU was just running away with it, they were just putting up four, three, four guys in every A final. Um, Dave kind of called us together and was like, okay, we're kind of switching our focus now. We're still going to try to win this meet, but we're going to also try to put together our best NC2A team. So mm. our focus kind of switched in that moment to putting 18 guys or 17 since we took a diver this year. Surprise. Uh, <laughs> <it's> putting. <laughs> he scored. Yeah, he did. Three points. Big uh, big Josh Ty over there. Uh, putting 16, it turned out to be 16 guys, but but putting our best NC2A team together. And I think that really helped just kind of, um, I don't know, direct our focus towards towards one goal and that yeah. being NCs and not getting too caught up in, in the highs and the lows of losing a, losing a conference meet for the first time. Yeah. I mean, again, ASU swam so well. It's like, okay, we have to kind of dial back. And, and remember what we're focusing on and not get not get too excited, not get too upset, just kind of stay at our level, you know? Yeah. I feel like if Durden wasn't Durden, though, you'd be looking at him going, like, you guys lose the dual meet, and you're like, you sure you know what oh, you're doing? Yeah, and we, then, we and we then would... you guys lose Pac-12s, and you're like, hey, this better fucking work. I know, I know. <laughs> it's it's definitely, you, you have to have a lot of faith, a lot of faith in the process, a lot of faith in the team, and then, of course, like Dave's, he's, yeah. his experience. He's done this over and over and over. I mean, I'm getting beat by Grant in like every dual meet by like eight seconds. He's just like <laughs> going crazy. I'm like, all right, like, you know, you beat me now, but Dave said I'm gonna go fast at the end of the year. So <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm just like, you know, NCs. But uh, yeah, it's it was it was a fun season for sure. It was very exciting. But you brought up another point that the dual meets, and one thing that uh, Brian and I were talking about is like dual meet rankings and. Mm-hmm what the hell's the point of that? You know, <laughs> Brendan, what are your thoughts on dual meet rankings? Is that something you guys talk about at all at IU and oh, oh, how yeah. could it maybe be improved? <laughs> so very famously this year, one thing that really got us going with the dual meet rankings, um, it was a very specific week where Ohio state had just beaten Texas in a dual meet. And um, so the, the rankings came out and Ohio state, was put ahead of us, even though we'd, we'd done very well. We had just blown out a pretty good Michigan team. We had done really well against Purdue. I think at that point, um, I don't think we'd swam Louisville yet, but you know, we, we've been having a good year all year long. We, we came down to the last relay with Texas and then we find out that Ohio state maybe, maybe have a little special sauce for, for Texas. Uh, don't really know the full circumstances and then they get ranked ahead of us. And that the day that happened, that immediately got printed out and put on our locker room door and said, we're, I think we were like a month out from big tens at that point. And it said like, you know, it's, it's Buckeye hunting season. Like we, we know that we're better than these guys. They may have just beaten Texas in a dual meet, but the, the times that we went against Texas, um, those really fast dual meet, 
we would have beaten both Texas and Ohio State at their respective dual meet. Um, and it just, you know, I, I I do think dual meet rankings are a little silly, a little stupid, but they're they're good for motivation. So we'll I'll give them credit for Definitely that. Definitely good for motivation. Yeah. Do you guys think it'd be better for swimming if the dual meets actually mattered? Like, I mean, again, I'm just looking at the basketball tournament here, going like, hey, what? And I, I tried to explain this to someone about uh, one of my friends who knew nothing about how swimming in college worked and like what the season meant. I'm like, well, actually, nothing matters until you get to NCAAs. <laughs> and like if you swim for Cal, Pac-12 doesn't even matter. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, what does this stuff even mean? Like, why are we swimming pointless competitions that don't count for anything? I get the times matter, but it's like, I don't know. It's It's weird to the casual person who's looking at swimming like, what? I don't get it. Like, so it we is, lost, it's we like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you're not going to qualify for in season a dual meet unless you know you're Leon Marchand. Yeah, but <laughs> you're not, you're not gonna, yeah, you're not gonna qualify. So it's like, and then by the time you get to your, or maybe you qualify mid season, but then it's like, okay, you're gonna swim your conference meet, qualify, and then go to end season. It's like, why did, why did all the dual meets like happen? It's definitely interesting. Yeah. Well, he'd be so. Oh, go ahead, Brennan. Person, I think there's only one kind of area of swimming where i think dual meets matter and gabriel you might know you have a lot of teammates from new jersey new jersey's high school state championship format for their actual state championship is a dual meet tournament of champions where they get ranked based off of i guess powerpoints or swims or something like that and then their overall team championship is a dual meet where it's it's a bracket like basketball and then after they do that tournament, they have a, a meet of champions, which is kind of where you um, go in and you can swim your best events and then go some fast times at that meet. So I know Jack, Alexi, Destin, um, a couple other guys have, have done really well in that format. Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't I haven't heard about that from him or from them. I'd have to ask. That's that's really interesting. So they they you duel a bunch of people and then it's a like a, a final meet. Mm hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Hubie, about um, like being racing for a team. I, I feel like Bob is kind of pushing this and you weren't around for the entire season to be able to do it the whole year. But like, you know, I feel like he's he's been at the forefront of, um, you know, hey, we should we should suit up and we should do this more often. And, you know, we do it in training practice, which, you know, I think every every team is doing to some degree, but maybe at different points of the year where you're suiting up in practice. And then, you know, I, I just from the outside looking in, it sounds like he's a, a big proponent of getting used to what it feels like to race in your racing suit and to be able to test out your race strategy, like and race feel more frequently. Um, and so you know, I'm just curious if you think that that's 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 a good thing if you think that that's just being able as a swimmer now i mean we just saw how fast this meet is it's crazy fast there's obviously things that are happening now with all all the swimmers that everyone as the sport does is evolving you guys are all getting faster and that's potentially one of the components of it is being able to test your race strategy more often um what do you think about uh just being able to test out the race suit and race feel more frequently well, listen, I'm, I'm definitely on his side about that for sure. Um, when I came here, they told me, like, I didn't know what dual meet was. I didn't really know how you could set that up and what you have to do. And then somebody told me you have to swim in your um, training. So I was like, what? <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. And then I think two weeks later, Bob was like, uh, don't worry. You, have, you don't have to swim in your training so you can swim in your tech suit because we're all suiting up. And I was like, thank you. God for that. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, I'm I'm really 
I, I love suiting up in practice as well. I'm one of those guys that really loves those afternoon practices where we suit up and we try to go our best times, try some really, really good times in practice. And because um, I'm, I come from a place where we swim a lot of just long distance, you know, monotone trainings, a lot of, you know, these, these long seven, eight K practices and meters. And to, to have those, those practices now with Bob where we suit up and we go like, just a little, little tiny bit of swimming, but that's really, really fast. You know, I love those and to have dual meets and to have dual meets where we do that and actually race like we're in a competition. I think that really helped me uh, a lot before PAX and a lot before NCAs to swim uh, close to my best times um, because obviously we didn't like taper down, we didn't shave, but we had the suits on, we, we kind of focused in like it was an actual meet. Um, and I think Bob put a lot of emphasis on getting to know your race before we go into those big meets and just, you know, um, be ready for those when they come. Right on. Um, okay. One, one kind of final question for you guys before we ask a, a few rapid fire to close is um, the excitement at NCAAs. So, so uh, I got to go to watch the, the women's meet and then the men's meet. I think we were talking to some of the folks who work at the NCAA um about about this and there was a dj at the women's meet and there was like a lot of dancing going on and then at the men's meet you had the firework things but still it seems a little bit less than what you would have at at worlds or the olympics where you have like you know a walkout uh you know each person is introduced uh individually um and then you've got the podium has eight people make the podium somehow i whatever that's about i'm just curious like what what do you guys think would make ncaa's make that meet more exciting um let's make it a bigger show make it a bigger spectacle I mean, and I, I, i'm gonna preface this by saying that at the i would argue the same was true at the men's meet but at the women's meet uh luke and i were walking outside of the pool at tennessee going if you did, if it didn't say NCAA is on the sidewalk outside of this pool, you would have no idea that this meet is happening in this town. <laughs> and yet some of the best swimmers in the world are on display with some of the best performances that have ever been done. And like the number of Olympic medals that are going to come out of this competition is like significant to the casual fan who is aware of, you know, the Olympics every four years. So it's like I think that there's a gap there, and I'm curious what you guys each think about like what the NCAA could do to showcase the spectacle uh, that's happening with the quality of swimming. Gabe, sounds like you got. It looks like you got a. I mean, it's, it's just interesting because I think NC2As is the craziest, most energetic meet like ever. I mean, it's like uh, I know my uh, my good friend Lucas Henvo who joined us this semester. Uh, he talked about how like he's he's been at european championships he's been in popovici's heat racing a 200 meter free and it's way more people than we had packed into minnesota and you walk in and it's like oh there's like five rows of bleachers on each side it looks like a little like a high school meet and then you walk <laughs> out for your final and it's like you hit a wall of noise i don't i don't mm -hmm. know if you guys think the same way but i i yeah. think i've been i get more nervous at nc's than any other meet like by far and i think it's just it's a combination of like personal stakes like you're swimming for your team but the energy that like gets packed into that small area and maybe you're talking about more more of a broad scale like maybe in the college towns that we host the meet at having having more of a spectacle but like on deck man it's pretty it's pretty intense it's a lot of energy yeah and to clarify i 100 percent agree with you but the six yeah. of us are in the bubble right yeah. and like when you're on deck at nc's 100 you are like 
you could cut the tension with a knife. It is that exciting. It's that stressful. It means that much to the people that are in your corner, but you almost have the blinders on to the outside world. Yeah. And, and, and that is what I'm saying is like to the outside world, how do we do, how do, how do we make it a bit? It, it was weird exiting. It was weird exiting Minnesota after every session and you walk by their rec center and it's like people just like minding their own business or just like leaving and like walking in front of you. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, you have no idea what's going on in that little pool. Like, yeah, yeah, there's not a line of fans out like clamoring to get your autograph <laughs> yeah. right outside. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, QB? Um, give it to Budapest, you know? Budapest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody will know about it. Yeah. We we for some reason, um yeah. we just always do a really, really good meet. We always have the best, you know, light show or the best what we we have walkouts and and people like the fans really know about it like hungarian swimming fans always know about um a swimming race that's going on and i think during worlds they had a lot of outside people go to it as well they really advertise it really well so i guess they could advertise it in some way that people would would know about it more i don't think people would fit into it though like we we kind of had a stacked um a stacked audience there as well. I don't think much more people could have fit it's, there. It's so almost like the venue is not built for. It's not built for for a big, large event. Yeah. yeah, it's not built for a large event. And I think the fact that it's an indoor pool, like we always swim indoors, it's hard to kind of get attention from the outside in that sense as well. But you know, Budapest could always organize it. I could get the team to team. Have an out of state NC two A champs. That'd yeah, be that'd cool. be fun. I think it yeah. have to be short course meters if we did that. Probably. All right, Brendan, Brendan, what do you think? I think um, they brought up some good points about promoting it in Budapest. I remember I was at the World Junior Championships uh, in 2019 there, and everywhere we went, even I think in the airport, they were advertising it. Um, and the only thing we kind of have here in America for that is all the other major sporting events. Because it's funny, I live with a – a foreigner, Kai Van Westering, and he always comments on like American sports just never end. It's just every month is something new, something new, something new. Um, and so we're kind of competing in a different market for the, the attention of the American, the casual American sports fan. And I think it's definitely difficult to uh, capture that when we have so many established great sports that even, you know, most Americans are pretty passionate about. Um, so it's, I think it is kind of an advertising thing, you know. All right, we got a few rapid fire questions to close. I'm going to ask the question once, and then I'm going to go across and let each of the three of you answer. Same question across, okay? All right, what's the hardest race in swimming, Gabriel? Uh, 4M. QB? 4M. Brendan? 4M. <laughs> All aligned. All right, Olympic gold or world record, Brendan? Gold. QB? Gold. Gabriel? Gold. All right. <laughs> Do you pee in the pool, Hubie? Um, I'd rather not say. Gabriel. <laughs> uh, yes, but if I think I'm gonna get drug tested, then no, you gotta hold it. <laughs> Good answer, Brendan. Yes, every day. I'll say. All right. Chest. What uh, what show are you streaming or podcast are you listening to right now, Gabriel? Uh, I'm on season four of Better Call Saul right now. Brendan. Mm. I'm currently watching um atlanta with my friends and hubie i'm currently watching the british who wants to be a millionaire oh wow okay i didn't know that was all right um most impressive swim that you've ever seen live gabriel uh 
I don't something Marshawn. I don't even know. Uh, probably like I think I watched the four AM at NCs. That was nuts. Under three thirty is like crazy. What about you, Hubie? I have a three way tie here. I think one of them is kind of fake because I didn't really watch it, but I was like five meters away from it. So Popovich's world record. Um, I swam the two back, um, and then I had twenty minutes before the two the hundred fly semifinals, and then I was warming down like literally five meters next to him when he's swimming and I was like kind of watching the screen and, and I saw it technically and I was technically there, but I can't really count that. Um, I probably have to say, and then there's another one that I can't really say that's true because I saw Milak's 2IM world record, but I was not there in the, the area. I was still 10 meters away from him warming down then as well. Uh, the one that I actually saw was Leon's 4IM in the, in the world championships this year or last year, sorry. And that was, that was really incredible. What about you, Brennan? Um, boring answer, probably Leon's 4IM from NCAAs. Uh, kind of a, a curveball answer. I remember Kathleen Baker's 100 back at mm-hmm. Irvine Nationals mm-hmm. in 2018. I've never heard an outdoor pool get that loud before. It was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, it's a special moment when you get to witness swims like that because there's an energy around and uh, Leon Swims for sure had that uh, at, at this meet. I didn't see the long course I am, but um, okay, last one for all of you guys. Anybody can answer. Who wins in a 25 free? Dave Durden, Bob Bowman, or Ray Luz? Bob right Bowman. Now. Bob for sure. Bob for sure. <laughs> Bob. I didn't think so. Really? Really? <laughs> well, yeah, because he's going to wear it. He's going to suit up. Exactly, <laughs> and he's gonna be tapered and shaved. Uh huh. He's already shaving down. Yeah. Ray, Ray is delusional. He thinks that he could train. He he often says that he thinks he could train for a week and beat Lily in a twenty-five breast. He's <laughs> no chance. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> no way. I'll give it to Dave. It's only a twenty-five really? though. We already talked about how big of a dude he is, and if he could just carry some speed once he yeah. Because I was water. gonna say I was gonna say Ray just with the build, you know. The build, I I don't yeah. know. He hasn't he hasn't hit the water in a, in a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Super fun to watch you swim uh, live, but uh, even more fun to just get to know who you are and. Um, looking forward to seeing your careers progress from here. Uh, super cool to just have a have a cross team chat like this to lay down your arms and just share stories. So mm-hmm. we appreciate you coming on. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Awesome. That's it for this episode of social kick. We'll see you next time. Hey everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying social kick, tell your friends about it and be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, the social kick, and you can find all of our content on our website,